it's almost easier to kind of run to the pain, run to the heaviness, run to the, uh, and just kind of just have this general apathy, this kind of, you just kind of check out. Yeah. Like because just... if you check in, then you have to face it. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help busy people reclaim good practices for faith and life. Here's your host, Tony Meltenberger. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm excited to bring you today's conversation with Steve Rudisil. Steve is the executive pastor at Christ Kettering, and he serves a large church there. He tells us about his journey from going from pharmaceutical sales into pastoral ministry and how that impacted his life. I think you're going to love and value his conversation. In the meantime, I also want to say thank you. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews. Thank you for listening and the text messages. Uh, I've been overwhelmed by the support because we've been podcasting now for six months. It's hard to believe. I set a goal this year when we started that I would podcast at least once every other week for the entire year, and we're well on our way. And actually, I have something really special planned for August when all of our kiddos go back to school. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Steve Rudisil. Steve, how the heck are you, man? Good, Tony. How are you? I'm doing real well. Glad to have you on the show today. And I'm excited to share a little bit of your story and what God's been doing. So I always like to start off with the question, using a, a metaphor or some sort of picture, how would you describe your relationship with God? It's as good as it's ever been. Let me say that. Okay. Um, Tell me more. I spent a large part of my life actually uh, what I would say as a runner from God. Um, as a young person, I grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid. Hey, your mom is a pastor. Yes. So we and call, that is, isn't that cool? And we call her St. Marla. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that in itself is unique that my mom's a pastor. Um, but at a young age, I was at a church camp. Um, I think up to this point, my relationship with God had been predominantly my parents and something that uh, I thought was the right thing to do, but it was mostly because uh, they believed it. But I went to a church camp called Tar Hollow when I was about 14, felt the call to ministry, and I had seen how hard that job was. Now, so I hear people talk yeah. about call all uh -huh. the time. Mm -hmm. um, was it the audible voice of God, or if someone's out there discerning their sure. call right now? Sure, sure. How would they know what that is? Well, and I, and I don't stand any judgment of how you feel called, um, but it was the beginning of what I felt was kind of a nudge, kind of, for me, it's almost like a heaviness on my heart, on my Now, you, you just touched your shoulders. Yeah. Do you, do you feel it physically on yeah, your shoulders? Yeah, that's always been it for me. I just felt there was some discussion around um, the message for that night. It was a Vespers at the lake. What's Vespers? Uh, just kind of an evening service. Okay. Um, worship service. Um, so you're at evening service, you're 14. Yeah, you they're got... talking about calls, purpose in life. Oh. And uh, from that point on, uh, for the till today, uh, I kind of had this gut feeling, this, this heaviness that I was supposed to do ministry. Uh, and it freaked me out, to be honest with you, at that age. Well, that I, age, I mean, at 14, yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine, right? Because you were a pretty athletic guy. Yeah, uh, just, you know, kind of an outgoing guy. Um, uh, at 14, that didn't sound too cool. Uh, I'd certainly seen what my... Uh, at 38, I'm not sure. It's yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I, I, and I had seen what my mom was going through. Um, 
not only as a pastor, being a pastor is hard. I, I mean, I think the advice we both were given when we ultimately decided to do this was, is there anything else you can do right. is and right? feel like you can be happy? Or is there like a plan B anywhere yeah. in the room? Is there anything else you think you could do and feel like you're really following and serving God? And so um, that shows you how hard the job is in itself. Yeah. Um, but at 14, having seen, um, you know, kind of a front row seat to my mother doing it, um, which was so much harder for her, I think, than a male, particularly in, yeah, the, in the being in a woman in, in the mid world. to late right, '80s, right. Um, being a real pioneer, a maverick. Um, That's actually why we call her Saint because yeah. she's so well known for the work that she's she done. Did. Yeah, she was such pioneering an, women, such an ministry. originator. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I thought, gosh, that's the last job I want. And so, not only did I start to be kind of kind of a runner from God, I was kind of a deal maker with God too. Like, I'll, okay, give me an example. Um, I remember having prayers and conversations with God that said, um, I will do just about anything but that. Um, yeah. I will, at one point in my life, decide I will try to make as much money as I can and always be giving back, doing charitable things. Um, and I've done a lot of that in my young adulthood. And, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, because you ended up running from this call for a long oh, time. Oh, a long time. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you, you get through high school. Of course, yeah. you're not going to become a pastor in high school. But Absolutely. College, yeah. you did not sign up to become a seminary. No. No, no, or no, biblical studies. Not at all. Where'd you go to college at? Uh, I went to two schools. Well, this is this is an, another funny thing. Um, I originally went um, to run cross country and track at Methodist College of all places. Oh, that's fantastic! In North Carolina, uh, and then decided I just didn't really want to be a college athlete. Um, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Sure. And so I came back. My uh, my other parents. This is an interesting upbringing. My my dad is a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, but he was also a professor in the medical school at Wright State. So oh, wow. I, I could go to Wright State for a, a, a good discount. And so sure. I came back and went to Wright State and I playing some uh, club lacrosse um, in college, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, and so went back and did that. Uh, thought I'd be a school teacher, actually. Uh, thought I would go into uh, coaching and teaching. Uh, graduated with a degree in history education. Uh, Sounds super useful. So, yes. <laughs> and well, and then I went. Uh, well, the, the 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 irony of all that is that I went to student teach, and uh, and learned. Uh, I liked the kids, but I didn't really like the job. Oh wow! And so, uh, so I never taught actually, other than student teaching in a classroom. Did some subbing, and so, uh, uh, so, but I will tell you, there was this period of time. Throughout high school, I think I was always, in, uh, I tried to intentionally be a good person, a nice person. Um, and I think people would uh, validate that. Um, but uh, I certainly didn't want people to think there's any way possible this guy could be a minister. And so um, I, I, I was kind of wild. I was kind of fun. Um, and, I like and, the way you say that. I was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's put it this way. When people from high school and maybe college see me and, and, I, and they ask what I'm doing, uh, they're, they're surprised. Um, that you're a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so because uh, I mean, you've kind of got a loud, gregarious personality, yeah, and yeah, and that's part of the reason you and I get along yes, so well. Correct. Yeah, and so you you kind of walk into a room yeah. with the whole shoot match. Yeah, I I, I I like to think I have a, a bit of a gift of woo where I come in and it's and uh, I'm, people are excited. I'm there. Yeah, um, I am certainly yeah. <laughs> always glad to see you. And so uh, yeah, and so in fact, I ran into a classmate that I hadn't seen since high school, pretty much. Maybe you know almost 30 years now, uh, and literally she spit her drink on me when I told her what I did and, and, and quickly apologized. Um, she was so shocked. 
you know. That's the best. Um, and so, uh, so like I said, I don't think I was a bad guy, but I think I was. I did not give the impression. Oh, I bet this guy's going to seminary soon. Um, let's put it that way. And so, um, so then I started kind of a career in uh, first at Enterprise Rent a Car and and had a good run there. Um, and then got recruited to Johnson and Johnson to be in medical sales for a long time. And this is post college. Post college. And now, yeah. are you? Uh, I I know your your wonderful wife. Yes. Are you yeah. guys are you guys a thing already? Or uh, well, no, um, not right away. Um, you guys met in college, though, right? Uh, no. Well, no. <laughs> that's another story. Well, anytime, anytime I can, I can says quickly that. tell you that story. <laughs> yeah, please um, come on. So we were uh, uh, both of our college roommates were getting married. Oh. Which was the irony of that is one of them was uh, my high school friend who I had introduced to my college friend and they were getting married, but she was roommates with my high school friend at, at Miami. And, uh, um, and she says, I've, I met you, uh, she calls me Rudy, says, I, I met you three or four times, Rudy, and I don't recall ever meeting her. Once again, mentioning what I was like in college. Yes. And so I met her what I thought was for the first time at that wedding. Was um, she a bridesmaid? Yeah, we both were in the wedding. Yeah, uh, so you yeah. literally hooked thought, up. Thought, thought with I the met thought, thought I thought I met her for the first time, and she said, "This <laughs> is I've met you multiple times." Um, uh, hmm. And uh. so, uh, shockingly, that first impression did not uh, it ruin it for me, and and we ended up uh, dating um, shortly after that. So. And then you guys got married in what year? Uh, we got married in '99, so, so we kind of met in the in '97 ish. '99, you're still running away from your call with God, no doubt, no doubt. You're um, you're doing these kind of like mid level sales jobs, yeah. enterprise, and then then I went to J and J, J and J, which of course, yeah. if if you're familiar with Johnson Johnson, that's a, is that Fortune 500, for, for one of the best companies in the world, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, and and you I, loved it, and sincerely a great company. Yeah, yeah. I, I have nothing but positive things to say about actually both those companies, um, but uh, J and J. Particularly, just phenomenal company. So you loved it, yeah. And you were—I uh, mean, you were doing pretty well. Yeah, I had success there for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and had good. Uh, what what folks, were you doing? Sales? I good folks mentor. Yeah, doing uh, a variety of sales, but to physicians, to surgeons, like to, pharmaceuticals. Yeah, pharmaceutical yeah. sales. Um, wonderful leadership. Uh, had, like I said, great coworkers. Nothing, nothing negative. I mean, about you were literally slaying it. Yeah, you would. Well, you would think that I didn't have a lot to complain about. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, you're being life very was, humble. Life was right. good. Life was no, good. It's good. Life was good. Um, uh, now, what's happening with your relationship with God? You're, you're, you're obviously oh, your well, mom's still so, pastoring. So, I, I, I did what so many people do. Um, that original kind of deal making with God was, um, I will do anything but that, but I'll continue to do charitable things, loving things. And I, and I did do a lot of that. I, 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 you know, I hosted a golf outing for multiple years that gave to charity and, and uh, coached a lot and got involved in the community a lot. Um, but my, my, what people will tell themselves is uh, uh, they individualize their relationship with God. They'll say, uh, it's just God and I, and I don't need church. I don't need community. I don't need accountability. I don't need any of those things. And what invariably happens when you do that is you get farther and farther from God. Wow, and uh, and that's well, where I found myself. So what you're saying is, is that in those moments where you think that it's just about you and God, you end up losing the safety net of a community. No doubt, and the accountability of a community. Frankly, sure, there's no one kind of uh, testing or checking or growing your faith. I mean, um, it's easy. It's so yeah. easy to remake God in our own image. No doubt, and then all of a sudden, God no becomes doubt. this. You know, Caucasian male in his mid thirties. That's you <laughs> there's, know, there's an individualism that takes over. Yeah, um, that uh, 
And, and, and you're really leaving no space um, for what we talk about all the time. There's no space for the Holy Spirit to kind of work within you and guide you and, and, and kind of inspire you. And So in the midst of yeah. all of your success, mm-hmm. you've boxed out the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you've left the church... Yeah, I, 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 not not on purpose. I just, became a box checker, really. Oh, like, okay. so I went to church. Um, what's for lunch? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I tonight I got some work I got to do to get ready for the week. Um, you know. Uh, and any kids at this point? Uh, young kids, got young it. kids, um, young kids. Um, my my kids probably at this point we're talking kind of my mid thirties. They're they're little. Little, yeah, and so at this point, um, you kind of have given up on the call that you felt as a fourteen-year-old kid. I had literally forgotten it at this yeah, point. But, it, it was so distant, but that, God didn't. No, God. Uh, you can. The thing I have learned uh, is that you can run from God, and I know this is cliche, but you cannot run God. Yeah, God never stops pursuing. Say, say that one more time. You uh, you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. Outrun God, you cannot outrun. No, God. he he is always pursuing you, and and you and here's and, the thing. So I bet that there's yeah. somebody out there right now, no who's, doubt. who's who's trying their hardest to outrun God. Mm-hmm. What does uh, what does God's pursuit of you feel like? It's a, there's a heaviness. There's a. I'll tell you another thing that that I always felt. I, I kept f- trying to find things that would. I and. I, I have been so blessed, Tony. I have no, I have no cause or no reason to ever complain. Uh, my wife is awesome. My kids are great. Um, I have a, this deep pool of friends that I, that that no one deserves, right? That I have. Um, I've had just countless life successes that that I, you know, are better than what I deserved. Um, uh, but I always felt like someone was missing. Mm. There was just always this yearning. There's something like, and I kept trying to find it in things of this world, this material things, in in recognition at work, maybe, and uh, uh, and I, what I realize is, is you'll never really find peace. Um, you'll never find true peace until you kind of go back to the place you said no to God and say yes. That's so good. Say that one more time. I don't think you'll ever find peace in this life and it doesn't have to be a ministerial call I don't think that many of us are called to it Um, uh, but you'll never be able to have true peace until you go back to the place that you're saying no to God and say yes so I mean literally God knocked on your door in this case yeah yeah, yeah, tell, tell yeah. Us. It's a pretty crazy story. Tell us that story. Come on, everyone needs to hear it. I think, it, I think this is, I think in some cases, now yeah. not all cases, yeah. but I think in some cases, this is how God works. Tell us your mm-hmm. story about how God called you back into, I mean, pursued well, you. Well, and, and, and honestly, uh, the greatest vehicle of that was my wife, Tina. Um, Said what, every man ever. What a blessing right. she is in my life. Incredible. And, and, uh, and how uh, I somehow convinced her that I was worthy of spending life with her is, is a whole different story, yeah. a different podcast. <laughs> right. um, but um, So uh, she, she knew I grew up in faith, and she also knew at my core how much that faith mattered to me and how much I believed in it and, and, and frankly, how distant I was from it. Mm. And so um, And that troubled her. Uh, she was also concerned about what kind of example that was setting for our kids. Yeah, you got two boys. Yeah, I got two boys, and I was, and I, like I said, become kind of a box checker. Um, you know, what's for lunch after this? Uh, do I have to go? Right. Right. Um, is there any reason we shouldn't skip today? 
Right. Uh, 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 guest preacher, yeah. I'm not going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, and that just wasn't okay with her. And thank God for that. Yeah. Um, so she uh, had grown up in a very, what what a loving family, the Toby family is that she grew up in. And um, very Catholic, um, you know, rosaries and light and candles. And, sure. And, oh, yeah. No, and I all know. you envision of those wonderful Catholic families. Right? There's some um, beautiful about Her it, parents yeah. are from uh, Houston and Rushi. Spelled Houston and Russia, right? Right. Yeah, and so if that tells you anything. It's, it's like yeah. northern Ohio. Yeah. Like rural farm yeah, country. absolutely. Just super devout and and, and, and and genuine and livid and authentic. It's like a Catholic German community up yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And so um, so anyways, uh, so, you know, without much pushback, even though I'd grown up in the United Methodist Church as a, as a pastor's kid, uh, we had been going to Catholic church. Um, you got married in a Catholic church. Uh, and so, uh, and I just, it just wasn't working for me. It, nothing against the, that, that I, I don't know if it would have mattered where I was. For yeah. Um, but she said, we need to find something, some way. She was willing to try anything to try to re-engage my faith. Um, now, do you yeah. think that that season of, uh, let's call it discontentment, mm-hmm. do you think that that's a sign also for people who might be running away from their call? Oh, no doubt. I mean, no you doubt. mentioned yearning. It's easier it's just... to be disconnected because... Um, it's almost easier to kind of run to the pain, run to the heaviness, run to the, uh, and just kind of just have this general apathy, this kind of, you just kind of check out Yeah. Like because just... if you check in, then you have to face it. Oh. Um, and so, uh, that's where I was and it was just a terrible example for my kids. And so Tina, um, Tina's yeah, saying, she you've got to go somewhere. She sensed it, said, so we're going to start church shopping. We're going to, we need to find a faith family where, um, you know, I can see a spark again in, in your faith. And, and, and I also got into a place where, um, work success just didn't do much for me anymore. It because just, now you've become, you know, I've done well. Yeah. It, yeah. And it just got to be where, well, that's kind of what we do. And I had, you know, friends and coworkers that were in that same boat and it just wasn't that fulfilling for us anymore. Um, and that's crazy to say too, because that took hard work and, and a lot of people pouring into us and, um, just a lot of malaise really. And so, um, so we, uh, my my wife is a, a school teacher uh, in in Kettering in in, in Dayton here, and uh, there's a, a church called Christ Church that had a preschool where my youngest was going to Tate, and so uh, they had a flyer that said they were going to start a new church not too far from where we lived um, in Dayton Christian High School, and um, she brought it home, and of course in the general state I was in at that point, I said, ah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to really go to this uh, new thing in a gym and, uh, you know, seems, right. Seems so. <laughs> it seems, that doesn't do much for me. Right. And, uh, and she kind of let me get away with that. And then within, within maybe even a week of that, um, a, a member of that church and a, and a pastor from that church, uh, and, uh, there's, there's some debate who actually knocked on the door, but who right. cares, right? Um, right. Uh, knocked on the door, and my wife answered, and it was that same, that same church, that same church that was saying, um, inviting, inviting her to uh, to this to to worship there at this same place that I'd kind of blown off and said, eh. And so she felt a conviction at that point that hey, we should at least check this place out. This is this is uh, this is more than a coincidence. Okay. And so we went, we went, uh, it was, uh, gosh, probably no more than 25, 30 people worshiping, but they were worshiping with all they had. They were worshiping really authentically and genuinely. And they, they seemed to really, um, be excited. We were there. Um, 
And uh, in the midst of all that passion, there was just you just saw um, something that bec- could become something, but needed a lot of help. Mm. And uh, and that was the first time I kind of felt like well, maybe this is a place where I could engage and help them out. Uh, but it took a couple weeks later when my mom was in town, and she was a district superintendent at this point, so she had no church responsibility on Easter. Yeah, which is like a supervisor in our in yeah. our world. Yeah, so she didn't Methodist have a, a, a parent church that she was at every week. And yeah. so she went to worship with us, and my wife suggested we go back to the same place because it was a United Methodist Church, the, the denomination I grew up in. And, uh, and, and uh, as you call her, St. Marla kind of gave me the elbow and the, and the rib and said, you need to help these folks. And so... I filled out what we call a connect card. I know a lot of churches have those type things where you kind of fill out your information. Yeah, it's that half card that gets so many people in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, you fill out your information. You kind of say uh, what you could help with. And and I think all I said really was, I think I could help with the band, you know, because I'd done some singing in my life and um, played in some pretty average bands back in the day. And so... um, and that's how it got started. I started singing in the worship band, and, and anybody that's been a part of a church or grown up in the church knows that uh, once you start showing some obedience and you start being involved in it, that uh, opportunities start to present themselves. <laughs> and so, yeah, and you're and you're a type A, yeah. like high producer. I get involved, I mean, and yeah. I'm in. I mean, yeah. you're you're a strategic thinker. Yeah, I'm not I, halfway in. Yeah, 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 you're, yeah I'm you're a maximizer. A yeah. yeah, yeah, and so um, I got in, and and. Uh, not too long after that, uh, I was kind of one of the leaders of the band and then leading small groups and uh, discipleship uh, Bible studies. And and uh, and then kind of a fateful day about a year and a half into that, um, because it was a startup church, um, the pastor needed to take a week off and couldn't find somebody from the parent church that had kind of been uh, the Christ church, at the parent yeah. church. And so I asked if I would preach. And... For some reason, uh, felt right, and I did you, it. You couldn't say no. Could couldn't you? I, no? I don't think I could, um, even if I'd wanted to. And so, uh, I will tell you that um, to this day, I don't know if I've had a more powerful feeling than when I walked on that stage. Um, it was this feeling like my life will never be the same. You know, and, and at this point, I'm just a sales guy that's preaching for one weekend. I'm just doing a cameo, and I thought. Uh, he finally caught me. Did you remember the 14-year-old call? Uh, yeah, at that point, I did. First time in a long time, I remembered... And were you standing I, up I there when you were like... The, I remember some of the, the thoughts of... Because um, I, as a 14-year-old boy, um, I was scared of it, but I, I think in that moment, at that night, the one thing I neglected to mention is I think I had told God, yeah, I'll do it. And then I thought better of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you decommitted. <laughs> yeah, like that night, I was like, you know, I was hands down. I was like, I'm in, right? Face down. Whatever yeah, you need. An God, you know, Jesus, you're, you're right. having an altar call moment at right. 14 years old. And then 14 and two days later, you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. Man, that, that could have been a burrito. That's I that's not really cool. Yeah, it's right? just gas. And so, um, and so that was, yeah. So the first time since then, I thought, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how um, we're going to navigate this, what this is going to experience as. But my life's going to change. Do you remember what you preached that day? I don't. Um, I mean, I have it. I have it. I'm, I'm sure. I sure, have yeah, it. Sure, but just... um, I think what I did was just talking about kind of... Um, oh, what, did, what did I title it? I'm, I'm at a loss right now. It was... Your um, story? 
it was my story kind of, yeah. yeah. But it was also kind of like how you embrace your faith kind of, um, you know, ways to kind of revitalize, regrow. Because I, 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 I talked about how how distant I had gotten and how I'd re-engage my faith. So stuff. when you preached that sermon, yeah. did the weight on your shoulders immediately get alleviated? No, no, because um, if anything, I got heavier. Um, oh, <laughs> um, well, because oh, you're making no one feel better. No, Thanks. no, no, because that meant that meant um, you, you uh, had I, to do it. I had to do it, and I in that moment I knew. And I'm guessing you were pretty and good at it. it. It went pretty well. Like people said, can he do it again? Yeah, and and so that's what happened. Actually, um, uh, fortunately, I had a pastor that, that uh, supported me enough to go to um, the lead pastor of, of kind of the network, the sending church. Oh yeah, the yeah, sending, sending church, and and say, hey, do you care instead of sending someone down if I just have him preach like once a month and and so that led to a lot of different opportunities that way um and so now you're still working full-time at J- oh yeah at J&J definitely no license I'm just preaching yeah you're just yeah, which is kind of crazy because then it started going well enough because that doesn't happen very often no no not many people do that and no. pastors are so I mean like if They're, you if you're not if you're not familiar with the pastor's pulpit or, yeah. or the platform or whatever you want to call yeah. it the talk um it's that's like sacred space. Yeah, I'm incredibly thankful and grateful for um, share the sharing of the pulpit that that Wayne gave me. Um, yeah, because he didn't have to do that. No, yeah. no, because pastors are real yeah. funny about, especially that. when people liked it, right? Right. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> it's, so, I, yeah, it's funny. You know, you yeah. often hear jokes, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for somebody to preach for me this weekend, and they yeah. can't be too good, and it can't be too bad. It's kind of like the starting quarterback's a little worried when the backup quarterback comes in because there's been an injury or something. Right. Like, I, don't play too good. Let's win the game, but don't play I, too I, well. I may never get uh, my starting I mean, job back. Um, but, yeah, he was incredibly gracious, and even um, even gracious as, as opportunities started to present themselves where I could go preach other places. Uh, and what ultimately kind of then led to few, more heaviness and, and, and more pull was that it was in these other opportunities where I, I kind of had a, an interim period where I was preaching regularly in another church, and then I was just doing guest preaching um, to where I wasn't starting to not even be at my campus that much. Yeah, I mean, you're um, I was mostly circuit. preaching. Yeah, and um, and what happened is people started coming up to me and calling me pastor, and people started asking me to anoint them and baptize them and pray with them, and I felt really like. Uh, um, this isn't right. Right? Yeah. You, you like I, I haven't. Not, you I, haven't gone all in. I yet. have not gone all in. I'm kind of appeasing myself, but not really appeasing what I think God's called yeah, me. Because I, I mean, percentage wise, yeah. how much do you think preaching is really part about you know of, of a pastor's job? Well, my, contrary to common belief, yeah, we work outside of Sunday morning. Um, it's, <laughs> it's 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 twenty percent maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And so. Um, there's so much more to it, and uh, and so I, I at that point then started talking more seriously about uh, getting a license, and um, that way I could you know yeah. And for those of you who don't know, yeah. a license in our, in our kind of world is uh, we're a part of a network of churches called a denomination. The denomination gives licenses to pastors so that they uh, basically say, hey, we trust you enough. Like this is this is kind of the entrance to the. The adult table of, yeah. of preaching, yeah. right? And you can you can do the sacraments. You can uh, by sacraments we mean kind of uh, we can baptize, we can offer communion, right? Can, yeah. So so you get a license. Yeah. you're still working full time. I am. I you're, am. You're not. And you're and not it, technically working for the church yet. Um, I well, you, to to have a license, you need to be appointed, right? And so, so for two years, I was a volunteer pastor. I, I asked them not to pay me, and then I would um, just 
you know, give the church 10, 15 hours a week, whether it be in the band, preaching, doing a little bit of pastoral care, some discipleship stuff. But um, there was, they didn't have to. to and that manage. was you and Wayne, the guy who initially. Yeah. And I was, yeah, so I was appointed right. to that that campus as a, so I was a pastor, um, but I was a volunteer pastor, essentially. Yeah. And those are the best kind. Yeah, that was a good deal. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I don't know. Inside church tip. If you can get a volunteer pastor, take them. <laughs> um, and then uh, the district superintendent at the time came to me and said, um, I got a crazy idea. I think fully expecting for me to say no. Sure. Um, I have a church that uh, can no longer afford a full-time pastor. Um, would you be open to um, being a half-time, three-quarter time pastor and keep your regular job? Uh, and and uh, would you just check it out? And, and, and so we did that. And I, once again, just felt this real conviction, um, which it was super hard because this church that I was at, that I was now serving as a volunteer pastor, had literally transformed. Through God, God does the transforming. The Holy Spirit does the transforming, right? Sure. But this, this, this was the vehicle that had done that. This place, yeah. This, it's this, happening. And this, and this place was doing really well. Now it had its own building and had several hundred people worshiping. Yeah, your church plant, which started out as thirty, is now like one of the fastest growing communities in the entire area. Yeah, yeah, it's going extremely well. And 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 so my family's in, really involved. My wife's converted, even from Catholicism to Methodism. Yeah, right? my, yeah. my kids are super involved and getting ready to be. Basically, in the, you've got your whole family yeah. like threw all their chips right yeah. in the center. Getting, of getting the ready table. to be in the student ministry program. They're just about that age at that point. My 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 uh, oldest at that time was in sixth grade and just ready to um, really get involved. My my younger ones getting ready to you know uh, really start to understand what's going on and um, and so it was not an easy decision, but. Um, we decided to do it. We decided to go over to this other campus and be the lead pastor. Um, and, uh, Still and, working for J&J. Yeah, yeah. And so the one thing I did learn in that one year is there's no such thing as a halftime pastor. Amen. Come on. Um, if, you're, if you're serving a church, whether there's 10 people in there or there's 1,000 people, um, you're going to work full time. Now, explain, yeah. explain why that is. Explain why that. Well, I think it's the nature of the job. Because um, it's so the schedule's so erratic. Yeah, it's it, it's a twenty four seven job. I mean, people will say, "When's your day off?" And I, I, I I'll more comment, "When's my uh, attempted day or my um, proposed day?" Um, because you know um, the the gift of uh, of sharing the good news of Jesus is is on is just it's ongoing. It's perpetual. Uh, you know, and and when people need care, you give it. And so, um, and. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I, I just found that, um, like I said, whether there's ten people in your church or there's a thousand people in your church, there's always something that you could be doing. There's just so now, many hurting people in this now, world. Now, thankfully, yeah. you've gotten a little bit better with your boundaries, and you do yeah. take a day off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Now, no, no doubt, you get better at that stuff. But um, as a young pastor, no. when you're trying to like figure it out, well, and, and you have a full time job too. I mean, yeah, yeah. J was still yeah, and, and, and all well, and, and the wonderful thing about that is that um, I had this wonderful um, manager and coworkers at J and J that were super supportive. They um, and, and even a regional manager that said, um, as long as you keep producing. producing, you can do it. And they endorsed it and supported it, and um, and. 
you know, I think it was so such such a thing of God. I I had pretty much one of my best years that that year. <laughs> I just kept really having a lot of success, um, despite being so distracted and, and so and uh, and and so engrossed in this whole new this whole new thing. Because I was learning, I was also trying to learn how to be a pastor. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I was just just exhausted. So, so tell me about the time that you walked over to your wife and said. I want to leave my really well-paying, well paying, incredible. I, I, I will tell you, it wasn't. You're giving me too much credit. Um, I was. I had gotten to the point where my body was starting to kind of like give up on me. I was so tired. I was barely sleeping, and uh, and I was starting to to kind of get physically sick, and um, and I kind of just made a comment that I don't know if I can kind of keep doing this. Yeah. So it was actually in a moment of weakness that my wife showed incredible strength and said, uh, well, I think, I think we know what we need to do, essentially. I, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I fully expected her next comment to be, I think this kind of needs to stop. You need to stop doing this ministry the thing. The church thing, yeah. Like, you can maybe go back to that volunteer thing. That wasn't too bad, right? Yeah. Or, or you can, you know. Um, and uh, she said, uh, I think you need to quit your pharmaceutical job. I think you need to go into full-time ministry, and um, I'll never forget that time. And sure. She said that. I'll never forget it. And the uh, next day, I started making steps to do that. I called a couple friends. I remember one friend, um, and I still really hold this verse close to me now, and I said, you know, what would you do? And he said, well, you've always kind of been an Isaiah 6-8 guy. And for those folks that don't know that scripture, it's, it's uh, the Lord called out, who shall I send? And, and Isaiah said, send me. And, uh, yeah. and so that's always kind of been a life verse since then. My wife's, uh, you know, had some calligraphy uh, painting put on my wall that has that that verse, and so we try to live by that now. You know, if God calls us, we say yes. Um, and so that started this whole journey of now kind of being a full time pastor, and it's been about five years now. And um, switched churches since then. Back back to which is crazy. This talk about uh, God's sense of humor. Um, I now spend a good part of my time at Christ Church United Methodist. I'm at, I'm part of that whole network, but which my, is the sending church. But my office is at that sending church where my wife originally got that um, flyer that I had that I originally kind of said, "Eh, I don't Won't know." Won't he do it? Come on! <laughs> Won't God just show up in big yeah, ways? Yeah, and I'm pastoring on a pretty regular basis. Uh, uh, definitely preaching every week at that at that campus that I originally yeah, so kind of first said yes to God well, where, uh, where I did my, was, where I did right? my first sermon. Um, I'm the teaching pastor there most Sundays now. And, uh, it's just crazy. How, how difficult was it? Um, I'm going to use some of my army lingo here. How difficult yeah. was it going from the civilian world to the ministry world? Because, um, mm-hmm. you and I both know that yeah. there's some stark differences, or at least it feels that way. No doubt. No doubt. Well, there's, there's a, uh, and, and this isn't to begrudge the secular world. There's a harshness in the secular world that, um, just becomes part of everyday business. Yeah. That in the church world, you just can't have. There's a grace. There's a, um. Uh, there's an edge to pharmaceutical a, yeah, sales that that's you just need, not in the church. That's just not in the church, yeah. So when you come yeah. in, were you coming in like guns hot? Like, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Like, um, and But I also do think that one of the things I do bring to ministry that I think um, people have found uh, effective, have, uh, have liked, is that I do have that edge. I do have that sense of urgency that 
that maybe churches don't always have. Do you think the church needs more of the the civilian sector in it, so to speak? Certainly, the sense of urgency and and um, and efficiency, for sure. Um, yeah, um, and and certainly the second world could learn from the church um, what grace looks like. You know, um, could learn from each other. But yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that there's a there's a there's the maximizer in me that was cultivated the strategist that was cultivated in the secular world between both really great companies I work for um, that serves me well in ministry for sure. Now, in the midst of, of your um, your pastoral journey, yeah. you're kind of new to pastoring. In the midst of that, one of the things that you find out is that your your brother gets yeah. gets really sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a couple years in. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's been. Um, I'm guessing four years. Uh, three, three, three. Okay. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, that w- that. There's two options when that happens. When you know, you know, because it's never fair when someone in their early 40s um, gets diagnosed with with my my myoid uh, leukemia and um, and doesn't have a great chance to to make it right, and then beats it, and then it comes back. Um, you can either run from God, which would, I guess would have been an option, or you run to God. And I just, in my family, just decided to run to God with everything we had. And it, uh, I don't know how people get through life now without having God. That's, that's why I'm so passionate. That's why I'm so uh, urgent. That's why I'll do just about anything to help people know Jesus. Because I don't know how people do it without it. So um, your brother uh, ends up uh, passing away after a year long battle. After a year long yeah. battle, um, yeah. Uh, what was it like to try to be a pastor in the midst of that? Well, in, in or after just, it, or... yeah. I mean, all of it. Um, I, I, be... I think it honestly. I think it gave me a better appreciation. Um, up to that point, I would, frankly been kind of spoiled. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's easy to desensitize yourself when it's other people. Okay. So tell me yeah. more about that. Desensitize yourself from what exactly? Just, y- you can kind of, um, when people are hurting, when things, people have things going on, you can kind of be the pastor to them. But it, when it's, when it's actually never happened to you, to that degree, um, you just have a different perspective, a different understanding, um, a different appreciation for what God can bring to your life. What, um, what that with that being able to turn to that um the importance of having really strong local churches and faith families that you can that that shelter you and love on you yeah um so now when you look in the eyes of someone whose funeral you're about to perform mm-hmm. do you remember your brother sometimes yeah i certainly um the thing the thing that i think was most inspiring about my brother is that he had no doubt no doubt wow um, where he was going, you know, he got to a place where he said, uh, I've had a good life, which was super powerful for us at, you know, he's early forties, you know, right. you know, I've had a better life than I deserved. And, uh, I, and I'll, you know, we'll see each other again, you know, uh, to see that confidence that to see that belief, um, to see the peace that gave him, uh, I'll never forget that. What do you think 
shifted from 14 year old uh, Rudisil to 30 <laughs> something year old yeah. Rudisil or 40 something year old by the yeah. point, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at these two equally um, impactful, emotional, traumatic, traumatic almost events, mm-hmm. not, not, not necessarily in a bad way, but just, you know, one, this altar call at this camp and yep. one, one, the losing of your brother, mm-hmm. um, one gets you running as far away from God and one that causes you to run as close as you can to God. Yeah. What's the difference? Um, I think I realized by then, and I hope people don't have to get to this place. I think I realized um, that... I'm trying to, let me try to articulate it the best way I can. Um, we spend a lot of time kind of making God our last resort. Like, um, for example, we'll say, well, we've done everything we can. All we can do is pray. (laughs) You know? Right. We don't turn to God daily. We don't take up that cross every day. We don't look to God for wisdom and guidance. We're very individualist uh, in in our our approach. Yeah, there's a a lack of corporate uh, dependency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I liked running my own show, The Steve Show, I used to like to call it, and, and with mixed success, to be honest with you. Um, I think I, at that point in my life, I had realized that um, there's some times in life that God's the only viable option. Hmm. And that's where I found myself when it came to my brother. That there was nothing else that was going to give my family healing or peace. or um, if I, I, There's nowhere else to run, frankly. And, um, and I think when we... Um, when we, when we sit back and we and and, and we really um, dissect our faith or our, our relationship with God, um, if we help God be the first option, you know, rather than the last resort, um, it makes that decision in those moments much easier, I guess. But at that point, I just I, there was nowhere else to go. I it was either completely run, completely abandon this, and probably be miserable. Or, or go to the, the only option I really had, and that was embrace my faith and grow it to places I'd never been. So there, there are a lot of people listening right now yeah. on the treadmill. They're listening in their cars. They're listening while they mow the grass, and they hear what you're saying, and they're like, man, Steve, I want that. I want that. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the one thing that you have to do to make God the first option? Because like, I hear you say it, mm-hmm. and, and I know... That it's just not that easy. No, it's super hard, actually. It's it's much easier. It, it's actually not that hard to say yes to God, but then it's hard to actually live it out. Come on, that'll <laughs> preach. <laughs> you know? So what's the, yeah. I mean, so like for that person like, out like, there. Like, who, like for someone to say that, that the, the, the Lord is my Savior um, uh, is 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 not that hard, but then for them, for the, they, they to be actually be the Lord of your actions, the Lord of your words. The Lord of your life is a whole different thing, um, and um, and I just I think the biggest thing is I think so many people out there can relate to this. Oh, probably almost everyone you encounter, sure, um, is they they just feel like something's missing, right? And that even in the midst of having what would seemingly be a lot of good things happening in their life, they feel like something's missing. And my answer to that every single time is a relationship with God. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back because yeah. uh, I heard what you said and I agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. 
but I didn't hear you answer the question. Yeah, give me it again. How do you make God yeah. the first thing and not the last thing in your life? It takes intentionality. Uh, uh, yeah. Around what? Like, is, do, is there a pill I can take? A, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, like, I, I know well, that there are people I, out I will tell you. I will tell you this. Okay. Um, and, 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 and I'm a terrible example at one and, a, and, a, and, a, and currently a really good example at another. Okay. Okay. Folks that, um, that work out regularly. Right. Sure. We'll say, we'll tell you, they will not, they will not kid you. They'll tell you extremely hard. It's, uh, it's a lot, it takes a lot of intentionality. You you have to make it a priority. Right. But if you do it, the benefits are um, immense just in how you look, how you feel, uh, maybe even your longevity of life. Um, I, I, my faith walks much the same. Like it's, it's the first thing I do every day. So is that, is that, yeah. uh, get it's, practical? It, it, is that it's, like it's, it's a scripture reading? It's, it's, is it prayer? It's, it's, is it? It's prayers, devotion, it's scripture time. I, I do all that before I get ready in the morning. And, okay. And, and you got to just figure out what works for you, right? But what are you, what are you using currently? Uh, I, I, I use, I, I use Uversion. Um, which is a, a Bible app. A free Bible app, free which Bible is incredible app. by yeah, Craig use, Rochelle. And I that, use that, that's where I spend a lot of my time okay. when I first get up is it, there's daily reading plans in there. There's scripture you can do. Um, obviously, uh, there's obviously, um, uh, a lot of music that I, I find very worshipful and fulfilling that because I, you're a music guy. Yeah. yeah so, not everybody's uh, into that. Yeah. You don't have to do that. But, Me, I, I love music myself, but you got to have a plan much like a workout plan. Okay. And the more you do that, the more you, you draw closer, the more it becomes more natural to kind of go to first. Okay. Um, prayer is so immense and so important. I, I think it's also really important to intentionally invite the Holy Spirit into your life every day and, and ask God for opportunities to, to have the Holy Spirit guide you and use you. So is that, is um, that just a... And, that, and that's, just a, that's just a kind of a, a, a common thing I say every day. Just give me opportunities to, to uh, uh, you know, just to reflect Jesus, to show Jesus, to help people today. Um, and the other thing I, I, I have to very, very... Intent- I, I, I am naturally selfish. Um. I like when people say I don't see that, <laughs> yeah, but I am. I, I am naturally self selfish, naturally self centered. I ask God to help me not be that way each day. Um, well, it makes sense. Then Isaiah six would be yeah, your verse, yeah, right? Because you're yeah. naturally trying to battle that yeah. inner side of yourself. Yeah, yeah. and so that's that. It, it, a lot of it's just like I said, the intentionality of of be, making sure that's the first thing. And I will tell you that I am I am flawed like anyone else in their days that I decide to abandon that and not do that. And I, and I feel it and I sense it yeah. later in the day. It's much like I said, I wish I could get into the same routine when it came to my uh, physical fitness because there's just immense value in when you right. do that. But there's eternal value in, in, in what uh, uh, you know, I've committed to. Um, yeah, one of the things that I love to say yeah. is that I don't always want to go, but I never regret it once it's over. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I feel that way about the gym. And, yeah. um, and now I feel, I feel that way about my yeah. quiet time, yeah. you know, and for me, and I don't know what your rhythm yeah. is, but for me, that's that first, it's usually about 30 minutes in the mm-hmm. morning. That's about right. Maybe 45. Yeah, it's not, the, it's not extravagant. I, I know some guys that are up to an hour. Yeah. Like I've had mentors yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm not that, mm-hmm. I'm not that holy yet. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe someday in my life yeah. when I don't have kids or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it doesn't have to be extravagant, much like working out. Like people will tell yeah. you if you work out 30 minutes a day. Just show um, up and do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar to that. So, um, what do you feel like God's calling you to next? Do you, so, first of all, is the, is the calling still on your shoulders? Uh, there's, there's, there's. Is the weight there? No, no. Um, there, because you're in it. 
Yeah, and there, well, there's just more enthusiasm and excitement around it. Um, I mean, you're pretty good at it, which helps. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, no, I I, I, I sense um, I sense in in personally for me is that um, helping churches uh, find their relevance again in society, um, and, and and maybe that I feel currently that that may be through revitalization of current churches, but also through the starting of new churches that. Um, that are really intentional and in trying to reach people, um, not just on Sunday mornings, but in different ways and creative ways. Um, and uh, I think God has prepared me to do that type of thing, um, just with all the life experience that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's where I find myself. I want to be part of a vibrant group of folks that are trying to revitalize churches and start new churches. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now, if, if somebody wants to listen to a Steve Rudisell sermon or if they <laughs> want to get in touch with you yes. uh, before I ask my last question, yeah. uh, where would they do that at? Uh, you can check out uh, sermons on ChristUMC.org. Uh, uh, it's the website, ChristUMC's website. Okay. Um, yeah, I am I am not as, as, as seasoned as you, Tony, as, 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 at having these social media type connections. Um, but uh, you are on Facebook. I am on Facebook. Steve Rudisell. Yeah, yeah, on Facebook. Steve and Rudisell. I'd be glad to help anybody direct message me, send me something on my timeline. I would, uh, I'd love to, to get to know you for yeah. sure. So uh, the last question I always love to ask, mm-hmm. if you could go back mm. to 14-year-old Steve yeah. and give him one piece of advice, yeah, what would it be? Well, and I would, I would say this to any young person, um, that, uh, to pursue, to pursue what, what you think God's calling you to, that what, what mission fields you, you think he's sending you to. And I, like I said, I think in most cases it's not pastoral ministry. Um, cause I've, 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 I've grown to understand that wherever God sends you is your mission field. Yeah. Frankly, um, wherever you're at each day of your life, uh, you're probably, uh, you and I would hate to admit this, you're probably preaching and living out better sermons than we, we've ever written, mm. right? Or preached. And so, um, but that's hard to do when there's angst and there's um, there's this heaviness because you haven't lived out what God's called you to do. Mm. I think sometimes we decide that, well, that doesn't make enough money. That doesn't, um, the, the, the world doesn't endorse that enough. Um, so what, whatever that is. Um, I would encourage 14-year-old Steve or 14-year-old anybody, um, if God has gifted you at it, if you feel called to it, if you feel like it's something that you would do for free, um, that's what you should do. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, Love, always love chatting with you. Thanks, man. Appreciate all you do for for God's kingdom. And uh, yeah. can't wait to continue to watch how God uses yeah. you in the world. Yeah, this was fun, Tony. Thank right. you. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Man, was that good or what? I love what that guy had to say. Steve is a guy that's so full of life, and I think that there were some just some great nuggets of truth in there for all of us um, about how to respond to our call and what that means, what it looks like. So would you do me a favor and please reach out to Steve and just say thanks for this interview and this time today? Thank them, follow them on Facebook or whatever, get in contact with them. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Uh, As always, the best compliment you can give us is to share the podcast, maybe with somebody who hadn't heard it before. Tell somebody about this episode if it impacted you. Share it on your social media channels. We're always trying to get the word out. Thank you so much for being a part of this process, and I look forward to talking to you guys real soon. 
Like what you heard? Please take a minute to rate and share so others like you can find good practices for faith and life.